This week on Moms Moving On. It was very devastating for him and for me. And uh, I had sort of the clarity that he was a great guy. He was a great dad. And I was never going to stay in the way in between my daughters and him. And I told him that on our first conversation. I said, I want us to be friends. I want you to be a good dad. I want you to be an amazing, connected, present dad to my kids. And it was based on my experience of not having had a a close relationship with my dad. So many women, unfortunately, are so hurt by the men that they love that they think their lives would be better off if he just disappeared off the face of the earth. But they don't realize these kids are half of the person that they're no longer with. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I'm so happy you're listening today because we're going to talk about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. But before I tell you about that, let me tell you about our amazing guest. She is the the author of An Amazing Divorce, the book that she wrote after the divorce she had from her ex-husband. Her name is Karen Millen. She is the creator of the Heal In thought process. And everything she does is about healing. But heal in without the G. Karen, it's so nice to hear have you today. Thank you for having me, Michelle. I'm excited. Tell me here. about like this whole heal in thing. I love it. So I am the daughter of a therapist and uh, a therapist that um, specialized on EMDR. And she knew that I had a childhood where I was very neglected. My mom and dad worked a lot. My dad um, ate pork on the streets of Colombia and developed an abscess. So he was heavily drugged and really forgot half m- most of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember being 15 when he told me that he didn't remember most of my childhood. So I was fairly neglected. If you've seen the movie Roma, where the kids are left with three um, living help and those helps are not trying to intellectually stimulate you or bring you to activities or plan play dates and how we raised our kids today. But I was sort of left around, no play dates, no activities, pretty lonely. And so she knew I needed therapy. Um, She knew I needed help. When you are emotionally neglected, um, you know, you develop feelings of not being good enough, not being lovable, not being important. But I moved to Canada. You know, I had really positive experiences as well with relatives and family that showed me love. And I moved to Canada when I was 15. And I had some work experiences that helped me realize I wanted to have a career in business. I went to a city where it had the best business school. So I got really excited and I always was very lucky to have mindset. So I kind of focus on, I'm great. I'm going to do this. I can. Anything that you read from the power of the secret or. So I kind of developed, I did really well in school, got into business school, did investment banking, had great jobs. And so I felt good. But I was making decisions in my life, in my personal life, that did not reflect that. As I met uh, uh, my ex-husband, who was everything on the list, 
good looking, smart. We had very similar long-term visions, uh, highly educated, um, and uh, got married, even though I knew that I wasn't happy, that I deserved better, that we had very little in common. And my mother knew that. So she was pushing me into therapy. Karen, you need therapy. Karen, you need, you know, do this EMDR. And I'm like, mom, what are you talking about? I'm great. I am, you know, I've done great in school. I'm doing great. I don't need this, except I did. So one of my biggest regrets were uh, doing therapy 10 years after I should have. And it happened when I became a mom. I have to tell you, I, I rejected therapy for so much of my life thinking I was fine. I was fine. I was fine. I very clearly wasn't. And I didn't see that until my first marriage. And I feel like the people who need therapy most are probably going to be the ones who don't realize it for a while until life catches up to them, like what happened with you. Right. So I had my firstborn at 29 and holding that baby. I mean, I had told my boss, oh, I'm going back to work in three months. And I had told my ex-husband, I'm never staying home. I'm just going to work. You know what? I came out great. And my mom was never around. And, you know, and I held that baby and I was like, oh, my God, like who took care of me? Who how long was I breastfed for? Like I just had all these questions and all of this childhood trauma mm-hmm. and neglect came back. And at the same time, because the only thing that kept my husband, my ex-husband and I together was a vision that we wanted the same thing. He wanted someone that worked. He wanted someone who was smart. Who, you know, we just had that. And when I changed dramatically where all of a sudden I wanted to stay home for a bit. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, all of the different uh, differences that we had, we were very different people, came to the surface. So the minute we had kids, while well, it was very exciting, it just started the decline of our marriage where we started fighting. We had we didn't have a lot in common. Uh, when we had our second, you know, it, it was uh, very bad. Um, you know, they say two kids is more than three and it's like four, you know, right. it's just exhausting and, and tiring and limited time and limited resources. And, you know, we went from two incomes to one, to a smaller house, to a bigger house. It just, like they say, vulgarly shit hit the fan. Right. Vulgar is, vulgar is allowed and appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was really bad. So we, we just started fighting. We were really unhappy. We started couples therapy because I started seeing a therapy, started to understand why I married him. Why am I staying? What do I need? Who do I want to be? Um, so I think therapy was amazing to kind of understand uh, who you are, what your triggers are, what drives you. Um, and so we did couples therapy. Um, it was horrible. Uh, we had a horrible therapist who, uh, you know, we went to her to say we were unhappy. And she's like, well, why don't you guys have an open marriage? Why don't you start Whoa. sleeping around with me? I'm like, when have we said we wanted that? You know, that's not you know, it was, so he left, I left. We got the advice that don't separate when the kids are little. Um, uh, you know, it's the hardest time in your life. Uh, he's a great guy, you know, and a lot of people said, you know, he is a great provider, uh, loyal as hell, a good dad, you know. And so we, so I stayed both being really unhappy. Like two years before we actually broke up, I, he took his wedding ring off. Wow. 
we were both unhappy. And then we both made the commitment to make it work. We were, he's like, what do you need me to do for for you to be happy? I gave him a list. He gave me a list. So we, we made it work until things eventually got back to the way they were. And Michelle, completely out of the blue, without ever cheating, I went to a work conference in Chicago. I met a guy who I was trying to set up my friend with and uh, met my soulmate and came home the next day and told my ex-husband that we were done. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, just just the way that all lined up for you and how peacefully you were able to end your marriage too. that's, That's like luck of the draw there. So I, yes. So, I mean, it was very devastating for him and for me. And uh, I had sort of the clarity that he was a great guy. He was a great dad. And I was never going to stay in the way in between my daughters and him. And I told him that on our first conversation, I said, I want us to be friends. I want you to be a good dad. I want you to be an amazing, connected, present dad to my kids. And it was based on my experience of not having had a a close relationship with my dad and seeing how that affected me and how I married the wrong person and how I made the mistakes I did, that I wasn't going to stay in the way between my daughters and their dad. I I relate to you so much on that level because it was my lack of relationship with my father that sort of led me into the marriage that I was in for sure. And understanding, you know, people would say to me, like, why are you even going to give him time with, with Bella? You know, he did this and he did that. And I said, because I didn't have a dad and I'll be damned if my daughter ends up in the same situation that, that to me, there was no worse thing. Didn't matter how much I hated him or he hated me. My daughter needed to have a father. And I'm so glad you're saying that because so many women, unfortunately, are so hurt by the men that they love that they think their lives would be better off if he just disappeared off the face of the earth. But they don't realize these kids are half of the person that they're no longer with. Absolutely. And so, Michelle, I highly recommend to your audience a book called uh, Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters uh-huh. by Meg McKeer. We can write that on your notes. Uh, my ex-husband was actually given that book right after we broke up from uh, a, a male friend of his. And it's funny because I read the book after and it is shocking the amount of research that she has on the importance of fathers and how much fathers matter. And despite the fact that we grow them in our bellies, we destroyed our bodies, we give birth <laughs> to them, we destroyed our boobs, we like... The, the impact that fathers have, on, especially on their daughters, is massive. It, the studies show that daughters who have a close connection with their dad are less likely to have premature pregnancies, to have body issues, to suffer from depression, to have anorexia, to, to have low self-esteem. There's research that shows that they stay in school longer, that they do better. Like... I was reading that and I'm like, God, I'm so lucky I had the experience to kind of push that. But so many friends of mine, including highly educated friends of mine that break up or are going through a divorce, it's like, I don't need him. I don't need to communicate with him. I don't need him in my life. And I'm like, you don't, but she does, right? And to that point, I do want to say to all the mamas listening, um, 
you don't, if, if your ex has up and left and your children don't have a relationship with him, I don't want you to freak out because Harvard research shows that all children need to thrive is one stable emotional connection. We are all going to mess up our kids in one way or another. They are going to have their issues to deal with. I don't want you to think that just because dad's not around, your kids are screwed. That's not necessarily the case. Um, not having a dad around or a, a daughter having an unhealthy relationship with her dad is far worse than dad being gone and mom being the one to take over and do things the right way. So don't freak out. There's a chapter in your book that touched me the most because I'm the queen of my old wounds and letting them take center stage in my life. You started it with a quote that says, if you don't heal your deep wounds, you will keep bleeding all over those who did not cut you. And that is exactly what I did in my first marriage. I own that, but I wanna hear from you about you know your process of helping people heal from old wounds. Yes, no, and I agree with you, Michelle. If God forbid, or you're in that situation where the dad takes off, you are enough to have an amazing impact on your daughters. When I talk like that is if you have the choice. Um, yes, so healing, And when I talk about going to therapy is that at a cognitive level, when you're working with a therapist or you're self-healing or you're journaling, that is crucial because you're understanding at a cognitive level what happened to you and what your experiences were and how they are affecting your behavior right now. But a lot of research has shown that uh, to heal, you need to feel. And so what a lot of really good therapists do is allow you to connect with the pain that you felt so that you cry and you feel the pain. But that's actually a really difficult task because as Freud said, we are amazing at repressing our pain, at hiding it, at locking it, avoiding as hard as we can to feel sad, to feel the pain. I know that I'm really good at this and sometimes I want to cry and I just can't. I literally have to watch a sad show or do some yoga poses to get me to cry. But most a playlist, a music playlist for you that'll it'll bring you to tears. It's called <laughs> when I need a good cry. <laughs> That's, that is really handy. So the EMDR, which is uh, eye movement uh, desensitization and reprocessing therapy, was uh, a therapy that was created by a New Yorker over thirty years ago, Francine, uh, Francine Shapiro, who sadly died last summer. Um, It's about connecting your cognitive side of understanding what happened in your story with your emotional side. And somehow she understood that by bilaterally stimulating your body, it could be with, um, it is done with a little tapper where it taps each side of the body or online now after COVID, you sort of tap back and forth on your arms or actually with your eyesight. And it sounds bizarre, but it's proven to work. They've done so much research on this and it actually works better than cognitive behavioral therapy and a lot of things. But somehow it allows you to remember better and quicker and process your emotions. So for example, I understand and I know that my dad wasn't around. I have clear memories of him coming home from work at 8 p.m., eating and locking himself up in his room and sleeping, of not spending weekends with him. And I understand that at a cognitive level, 
But when I was doing EMDR, it actually brings me back to that eight-year-old girl who's sad and lonely and wishing her dad played with her and wishing her dad paid attention to her. And feeling it and seeing it, you start crying right away and you start right now because you you start feeling the pain and you and you let it out and with the help of a therapist it allows you to then reprocess it so you you cry you feel the pain um and then the reprocessing is like okay karen you're 45 now you are successful you are worthy you are what would you tell that eight-year-old and in my mind or i can share it with a therapist you go back and you say, okay, Karen, your dad was sick. He was working as hard as he could to work and pay for your private school and get your bills paid. And he loved you. And you come out of it, Michelle, and the rate of success research-wise is 70%. I had a success rate of maybe if I did 15 sessions, 13 of them. It was not a problem anymore. It wasn't pain anymore. Mm-hmm. And it, it is, a, it is a technique that was invented for the veterans for serious trauma. So when you talk about trauma, you think, okay, rape, the, uh, you know, car accident, uh, coming back from war. But now the ACE, which is the adverse childhood effect um, um, department has said that trauma is neglect. Trauma is emotional neglect, physical neglect. If your both parents work or you were raised by a single mom and you were left alone at 12 to cook and clean and take care of yourself, that's neglect. Being hit is neglect. How many, I mean, I was spanked and got, <laughs> got the belt, you know, like being physical neglect, physical abuse, sexual abuse, being born, being raised by alcoholics, being raised by parents with mental illness. So the scope of trauma has grown. And a lot of us, and the more successful we are, the more sometimes we've repressed a lot of trauma and a lot of sadness, that if you go back there and heal it and reprocess it, I I would go there with very simple things. Like I met my new husband. I am so in love. We were apart for for three years. And every time I left, I wouldn't stop crying. And I would cry in front of my kids. I would cry in the security line at the airport. It was embarrassing. And I went for a session. And I'm like, I don't want to cry. And I went through that session and I kind of saw how lonely my childhood was and how being married to my ex for 17 years was incredibly lonely as well because we had nothing in common and we spent time apart from each other. And how when my ex, when my husband now left, it reminded me of that loneliness. And when I processed that and I reprocessed it, I never cried again. Doesn't mean I didn't miss him and I was inside he left, but I was like confident. I was so EMDR works like magic. I mean, there's a few things that I've gone to therapy for that I haven't um, healed. And now at the podcast, I'm looking at different therapies that also allow you to get back there, which is ketamine, psychotherapy, psychedelics is a a topic that is growing and growing. I read a lot about it. I can't say I'm down to try it yet, but more power to you if you are. I am not either, Michelle. I think I had a, I had a guest, one of my first guest episodes was someone who went to Ecuador to the jungle to drink a potion and have, I'm like, you are braver than I am. Oh, the ayahuasca. The ayahuasca experience. Uh-huh. I, 
I am I am not that brave. No, I know. A lot of research at Hopkins and a lot of people, I'm talking to someone who's been doing it for years in, in, in the Netherlands because it's illegal here in the States. Uh, nevertheless, being done, it's mushrooms. So, um, but if you do it with someone like a psychotherapist, um, it apparently takes you back there right away for a two or four hour trip and you relive it kind of has the same effect as emdr where you can go there and feel the pain which is devastating depending on what you're trying to heal and you heal and so that it is incredibly like life-changing and don't doubt it and what you put yourself through in the process of an ayahuasca ceremony um it better be worth it right so (laughs) working for people so um, the people that I'm interviewing, actually, it's um, people that are working on the site on commercializing the, the drugs so instead of mushrooms and not knowing what you're drinking and what the right amount is, um, is, is being put on pills and a lot of research is being done so that it could be FDA approved and more regulated. Because if I am in a safe environment with a therapist drinking, a, a, I would probably be willing to do it. I have some fears that are totally unexplained. I'm fearful of parking lots um, and sometimes have anxiety at night. Like I don't walk at night alone, even though I was in Canada, which is the safest country in the world. I know, but I think honestly, um, childhood trauma and lack of feeling safe will do that to you because I feel the same that way. Right. And now I, I also, I'm interviewing someone on inherited trauma, which is both our mothers are uh, Colombian and they give us a lot of their anxiety from having been raised and born in, in a dangerous environment. And I mean, I grew up there. So I'm trying to understand, like, why am I behaving this way? Why do I get panic attacks and I start sweating when I'm in a safe environment? So there's still a lot of things I want to heal. So I'm very uh, excited to uh, talk to a lot of my guests and learn and try new things. I'm excited to hear what comes of this because, you know, I think I think trauma happens on so many levels. Um, just last night, I was, you know, it's funny, I coach women day in and day out on how to handle their ex-husbands, how to move forward from feeling emotionally controlled from them. And I was in a situation last night where I had to have a conversation with my ex that literally crippled me. Before I even picked up the phone, I was sitting on the floor of this office that I work in. My husband was in the office chair. I was like, I'm, I'm like, why am I like this? And he's like, because it's trauma. You're, you're feeling a trigger because you knew how difficult it was to communicate about certain difficult topics with him when you were married. Now you are sort of, your body is preparing to face that trauma again. And it's, it's spazzing out. And that's exactly what happened to me. But it was so nice to be able to put a feeling or put a name to what was happening because in the past I would have just like given up and just gone to bed. But I was, I was like, you know what? You're right. This is just a trigger. How do I help people work through their triggers? Okay, let me do it for myself. And I was able to like swallow it, have my conversation and move on with my night. But, you know, it's important for everybody listening to remind themselves that you don't have to have come from a neglectful or abusive childhood situation to have traumas that you need to heal from. This could happen with adult relationships with your first marriage or second marriage, an ex-boyfriend. There are so many ways that we are left unhealed that you need to take the time to explore. 
Hey guys, Michelle here. I hope you are loving this episode as much as I am. We'll be back with more, but first, a word from our sponsor. Divorce is never easy, and when children are in the picture, it can be extra tricky, especially when communicating with your ex is a challenge. Now there's an app with you and your kids in mind. It's called FAIR, F-A-Y-R. FAIR is the easiest, most intuitive, and conflict-diffusing co-parenting app on the market. FAIR helps eliminate misunderstandings while also improving communication between co-parents. In the long run, creating a loving environment for your kids. Here's what you can do on the FAIR app. There's a time-sharing calendar to track custody, exchange days, and never forget those special events. Documentable text messaging. And an expense tracker so both parents can add and monitor expenses, track receipts, and add notes. GPS check-in, that's a court-verifiable way to document your presence at all GPS-verified locations. A monthly parenting report to download with your details. A private journal to take notes, add photos, and screenshots. A file vault to keep your records, photos, and documents organized and in one place. The opportunity to export all of your records into a convenient, time-and-date-stamped PDF when you need documentation for legal matters. And there's a Spanish version of the app as well. FAIR allows you to experience co-parenting in a totally new way. Simply, inexpensively, transparently, and fairly. Lose the he said, she said, and be the best parent you can be. Be F-A-Y-R FAIR. Subscribe at BeFAIR.com. That's B-E-F-A-Y-R.com. And then download FAIR from the App Store or Google Play. Go to FAIR.com for more details. Don't forget to use the code MICHELLE to save 20% off the cost of the app. There's something that you said in your book, Karen, that I marked over here. It was very, very eye-opening. I believe that everything wrong with the world today, gun violence, violent crime, sexual assault, drug addiction, depression, and an increased rate in suicide is not all due to the proliferation of drugs, opioids, and guns. It is due to a lack of deep healing. There is a lack of awareness of the profound effects of trauma, including neglect and the proper treatment of trauma. Without this awareness, a lot of effort and money is spent on prevention and incarceration, but very little on addressing the root cause. Healing is the key. And I, I just found that so powerful because I, I fully agree and relate to it so much. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. There's, you know, actually, I have the book here, Vessel van der Kolk, The Body Keeps the Score. Highly recommend it to you and read it and, and see if you can re, uh, refer it to your uh, clients. He talks about the fact that trauma doesn't come in memories. It comes in bodily reactions. So what you had with your ex, completely right. You're not going to remember, oh, that time he yelled at me. You feel it here, here, here. You start freaking out. I had a stomachache and a headache, like unexplainable, had everything to do with the stress that I felt from that experience. Absolutely. And like you said, it's not just in childhood. I just had an experience with someone I was working with uh, recently, uh, about a year ago. And I'm someone who's done a lot of healing, a lot of therapy. I am smittenly happy, married, you know, I've been married for seven years now and blissfully happy. And, and you know, I feel very healthy. And I wanted to work with a person who was a narcissist and I didn't know, I didn't see the red flags. And all of a sudden, every, every idea I had, every opinion I had, no, we're not doing that. That doesn't matter. We're not doing that. that and I'm like, 
and it left me now at this age, you know, two months ago, one of my guests, um, Carolyn Strassum, highly recommended, by the way, EMDR therapist, I had to do sessions with her because I could not find my voice and what I wanted to do with my business because I was left crippled. So, and same, all this bodily reactions and it, you know, it works, it does work amazingly. So yeah, I'm on a journey to um, inspire people to heal and, and, and feel and, and go deep. And, you know, I think you have to go superficial. You got to go deep and you need coaching so that you can then, okay, I'm healed. What do I do now? Yes, you do need coaching. How do, absolutely. Like, where do I want to go? Mindset is huge. Uh, you know, um, views, um, actions, behaviors, routines, uh, it, it all, it, it, it's all very needed. And what's important to remember folks, um, you don't have to heal your traumas now. You may not feel them, but they will catch up to you in your next relationship and you'll be left with no choice. So this all comes down to what kind of future do you want to have? How do you want your relationships to function? How do you want to feel in them? And how do you want your children to see you? Just like Karen spoke about giving birth and finally understanding the connection between so many things, being a parent will sort of open your eyes to the things that need healing. So I, I again, relate to that very much. Actually, and to, and to find a new, um, a new love after divorce, if that's something you want to have, I highly recommend it. Healing is amazing. I, I had seven years with my husband. We rarely fight when we are triggered. Just like you said, immediately we go to like, what is this triggering me? Why am I upset? One, you know, three weeks ago, he made a decision without telling me and I started feeling really upset. I went for a walk and I understood immediately I am being triggered because I have never been heard before and I felt unheard and that's nothing to do with you. You just decided to invite someone over for dinner. Not a huge deal. It's not like you went and bought a house. You know what I mean? Like, But when you heal and you have that, that focus, it's shocking how more grounded and how less you fight and how you just flourish in your relationships, all of them, friendships, romantic. I I had an incident with my husband this summer and the same, like we don't fight. We like, if one of us has an issue, we communicate and it's done. Like there's never been a reason to have a fight, but I got really upset about something and he said, well, let's talk. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to you right now. And not because of you, it's because this is my thing. I need to sit and think about this thing inside of me right now. And I came to him a few hours later. I'm like, this was totally my reaction because your behavior triggered something in me, but it, it ultimately like a, what he did wasn't even that bad, but it was more just like, it caught me off guard and being caught off guard is something that I don't deal well with. And so it was all about me. And so for me to be able to come to him and say, my reaction and my shutting down for a few hours had nothing to do with you, everything to do with my own shit. And I love you and let's move on. And it was, you know, one of those moments that I felt really evolved and, and emotionally mature because in the past I would have reacted in a very embarrassing way and made myself feel stupid. And we make, we take everything personal and you, and you fight and you hurt each other's feelings and you say the wrong thing. And, but I, I, so I have that all the time. My husband plays with my six-year-old Barbies for an hour and a half. And I'm like, I feel like screaming, what are you doing? And, And he's like, okay, this is my trigger. I've never had a daddy who played with me. I'm feeling jealous. 
this hurts, I'm going to do an EMDR session and done. Now I see them play and I'm like, oh my God, how lucky. (laughs) But it really does make a a big difference. It's a short, I I call it short-term pain for long-term gain. It sucks, it's hard, but it's really worth it. I love that. It's a great place to end. So Karen, if you were going to give one final piece of advice to our listeners who may just be realizing they have some stuff they need to work on within themselves, what would that be? to focus on healing, to start healing, start journaling, start thinking about your past. When was the, whatever you're facing right now, when was the last time you felt this way? When was the first time you felt that way? And start feeling it and and allow yourself to feel it, allow yourself to cry. And if that's not helping you and you can afford it, seek the help. There's also a lot of different resources out there get get help. And uh, yeah, it's really worth it. My advice would be to read Karen's book. It's called An Amazing Divorce. You can find it, I'm sure, on Amazon. Yes. I will, I will also link it in the show notes. And where else can everybody find you, Karen? On Instagram at uh, Healing with Karen. And Healing Without a G. And uh, my website will be out as well in a month uh, called Healing net healing without the G's to inspire you to heal in and look inside to thrive. And I, I implore you to check her out, everybody. Thank you for being here, Karen. Thank you again. If you have any questions about today's episode, you know where to reach me. In other news, um, we're coming up on holiday season. Please know how grateful I am for you. If you need any help or extra support uh, co-parenting throughout the holidays, just reach out. I'll be having lots of workshops and opportunities for us to connect. I know it's not the easiest time, but this too shall pass and your today is not your tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.